Okay, no, no, I, I think I got it pulled up here. It's called, it's called, uh, Bet on Your Baby? No. TV series from 2013 that's still running today. Game mm -hmm. show that focuses on five families that have toddlers between two and three and a half year old. The families make bets on their child to see the next Monday who wins a college fund. You're here to hear first, first folks. Watch the show. Also, welcome to the podcast. Hey. It's another mini episode. And we are your favorite hosts, Aubrey. Mason. Um, Mason. We've got another fun Japanese game show. This one was actually after we finished our other mini-sodes. I came across this because he got uploaded to Netflix. Literally like the day after we uploaded our second mini-sode. Yes, it is a Japanese variety show that has been aired irregularly since 1991 on Nippon Television called Old Enough. The program depicts in a documentary manner the efforts of toddlers going on an errand on their own, or sometimes staying on their own, like staying at home alone. Okay, and so we're not it's talking basically... about baby bedding here. No, we are not talking about baby bedding, just more like... It's like a nature documentary, but you're watching a child, so it's way more entertaining and hilarious. And honestly, a lot more emotional than I thought it would be. Honestly, yes, they go on a real, it's a full-ass journey that they go on every time that they take this trip out of their home. Um, especially if, like, they drop the thing that they're carrying to get back to their parents. Oh man, if they drop the thing, it's oh, it's so bad. And they oh, drop yeah, the like, thing. One of the kids, his dad enjoys fishing, and so he went to take some fish to be prepared at um like a little sashimi market. He didn't make it even half a block from the house, and the strap on his little ice bucket bag just snaps. It just fish everywhere breaks. around. And he can't even, like, grab the fish fully. They're just slipping and sliding it out of his hands. And this poor kid is so upset. And honestly, I was like, dude, I, I'd, I'd cry too. I'd, I just, be, I'd be upset. I couldn't get over that he was just, for his first instinct, was to start over-arming that ice. That ice was really important to him. It was oh, top yeah. Priority. He picked up the ice before picking up the fish. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the ice—the ice was gonna melt if you leave it alone. That's what happens when ice is not together. It brings warm weather. I—I I don't know. I think that's how it goes. Yeah, um, a lot of the kids on this show are from the ages of three to six, but there are episodes where even kids as young as one and two participate. I feel like you were showing me mostly the really young. Really we yeah well we had one of the girls was, outside one of the girls was five and i think so was that little boy with the fish he was i think five as well because his mom mentioned that he should have learned something in kindergarten and he should think about that because the, the mom in that episode was literally like she was taking care of the baby inside so she was like just get, fix it yourself i can't come help you goddamn the, the parents don't give the kids, like, notes or anything. They just verbally tell them, okay, here's what you need to do. So, like, obviously when you tell a very small child, okay, this is what I need you to do today, 
by the time they get to the destination, what's the likelihood that they'll remember what you told them? Bro, they've already been on, like, a, a three-month excursion by that point. They've changed. A beard has grown and been shaven by now. They don't remember the task that was given to them. They don't remember who they are. Oh, absolutely. Not anymore. It's honestly... It's really... Mm. I don't know if you want me to bring this up yet, because it is most definitely going to be a, a topic shifter. Um, but this, it honestly, it, remi it reminds me a lot of information I've been learning about the show called uh, Kotaro Lives Alone. Is that is that what it's called? Yes! Oh my goodness. So I have not finished Kotaro Lives Alone because I sped through the first ten episodes and now have like two left, I think. I heard that it's a very bingy, bingy. Show. yes um i've been watching it with um john a good friend of ours that has been a guest on the pod before oh, and sure we were actually watching it later on the same day that mason and i had watched this show and they have similar vibes it's just like kataro is like if you sent one of these kids out and he knew exactly what to ask for was like the most polite just the most well-functioning child that you're like, oh my god, you're functioning better than me, an adult woman. <laughs> yeah. Well, it. what I think, so why I bring this up is I feel like these two shows really relate in showing, like, the difference in, like, just the regular-ass culture of, of our two societies. Like, over here, it's just the idea of letting um, a one through, honestly, even six-year-old outside of the house by themselves is, like, kind of alarming in our in our yeah. society, in our day and age. But, like, in Japan, it is so much more regular and common to see children just, like, hopping on a subway or, like, going to buy bread or something like that because they're taught autonomy a lot younger and actually yeah. like a, th this video i was watching on kataro i don't I haven't even watched the damn show yet but uh, i plan to now after watching this video um it had stated that it was like n honestly in the realm of possibility that this child of four years old could live alone because of the fact that like you re there's a lot of weaseling around um renters license licensing and renters fees like normally you got to be 18 to rent but like there's a lot of ways around it in japan so it's very easy yeah, for, and for minors to actually like live alone and be independent over there yeah and they they cover how kataru gets the apartment and how he has money and things like that in the show and may like they explain his because his his situation is very unique i will say like he lives alone uh and does not have parents whereas like these kids have parents and they're usually doing these errands for the parents so it is a lot sweeter to watch in this case whereas in kataru's case you're looking at oh this child can take care of himself so well because of neglect. Like, in the case yeah. of Matilda, you know, Matilda becomes so smart and so self-reliant because her parents are idiots and they are abusive. I love you, you know? Danny like, DeVito, but you didn't take care of Matilda. Well, actually, he oh, did take care absolutely. of Matilda. Absolutely. I, I love Danny DeVito, and he did take care of real-life 
Mara, is it Mara Wilson, I believe? Yeah. You'd know no better um, than me. Yeah, she is also the voice of the faceless old woman who secretly lives in your home on Night Vale, another amazing podcast that I'm sure everyone knows about. Oh at yeah. This point. Yeah. They're, they're I remember when us. it was just like an obscure little thing. So it's just so wild to me. What's wild to me is that we're like also doing stuff at like the same time as them for the same purpose. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, do you have anything else you'd like to say about this anime before I get us completely sidetracked? No. Because I plan no, to do it again. How to say on Kataro, because I think any more is, is in spoiler territory, and, and I think it's just better to just watch that show when it comes to Kataro. You'll be in love with it from the get-go and it follows the format of like two plot lines per episode um so it doesn't feel like a super big time commitment so highly recommended by our pod five stars ding 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 ding. of question mark i haven't watched it so five stars five unaccompanied minors out of six yay all right. So, speaking of four-year-olds, let's let's talk about this. What was um, was there any were there any standout babies or any standout tasks that, that like really really hit home with you? I, I know I had a couple a couple personal favorites, but oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you go ahead and you you give give viewers first, and then I'll fill in the. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, I really, I really liked the one that, um, uh, she, she had to, she had to go get, get food, um, and then she, uh, um, uh, I, I really liked the one who, um, <laughs> in episode five, episode five is my favorite episode, um, because it is two three-year-old friends, um, and they refer to them as boyfriend and girlfriend throughout the whole episode because oh, these two little kids are adorable. the, they are so close. You can tell they've grown up together and it's just very much that little kid place playground, like love, um, the little boy, they say his favorite like game to play is house. And that is adorable to me. Um, that was uh-huh. also my favorite game to play as a kid. Uh, and they friends. they have these adorable charms. The, one of the moms made them charms that when they stand together with the bags, they make a little heart. And um, they uh, go to buy amulets and sweet dumplings for the family. And when they get to the sweet dumpling store, they're supposed to take home five whole boxes of dumplings, which is two big bags. It's and... a lot of dumplings. So these two little three-year-olds put their heads together and the little girl's like, wait a minute, what if we ate ours first and then we only have to take home the three? And so they do that. (laughs) They do that and the little old lady is totally in love with them, brings their food out, but then when she brings them the to-go food, she brings them all five anyways uh, because she was like, I I went ahead and and gave you the ones you ate for free, so here are the other ones because like you paid for all five. And then they um, were like, we gotta eat two more. No, <laughs> well, uh, they they were like, okay, so each one of them took one, but they also had the bag with the amulets. It's it's so precious. 
that was one that I, I felt like really warmed my heart. A lot of the episodes revolve around these these parents like making their children pack meals. Yeah, but to be fair, like when I was a child, sometimes I was a pack mule or felt like a just a chore slave around the house, you know. I've always felt like a pack mule. It's kind of like a state of being. Yeah, um, but like I will say, a lot of these episodes were heartbreaking too. Like episode seven, it's episode um, seven. A, a little girl whose dad owns a soba shop, and she has to bring him his apron from home all the way to his restaurant uh in this adorable like little garden he has a beautiful like old school soba shop it's it's gorgeous honestly the episode's worth watching just to see this adorable town um the whole time this little girl is going back and forth the the whole town with the little shop women are coming out and cheering her on because she's so cute Mm. um And then when she can't find the watch shop, she just, she absolutely loses it because she wanted to do so good. She wanted to be a big girl and and she doesn't want to disappoint her dad. Oh my God. God. I was like bawling the whole episode. It was rough, dude. I was not She does eventually fulfill it and it's a journey that is, I feel, worth watching. It's honestly, these kids experience the full arc of a hero's journey over the course of an hour. And I just, I think that's something that none of us really, really know how to attain in today's day and age. So it's just, it's just one of those, one of those, one of those facets, you know, one of those places you can feel that unbridled joy, that good, good stuff. Oh, absolutely. Definitely a lot different than the other game shows we've watched so far. Yeah. Not really much of a game show as much as it is a uh, a uh, a challenge show. Yeah, and we we didn't watch all of the episodes. There's about 20 episodes on Netflix currently. Um if you want to go watch them, we watched all the way through to episode 10 and they were absolutely delightful. Binge right through it. I was like, fucking blinked, and I was like, that was cute. Wait, when is it? See, for me, it was yeah. like this was cute, but it also just something about it made me want to cry because of how cute it is. I don't know if I'm just becoming extremely soft or, or what. Uh, you know, I I can't. You know, Aubrey, there comes a time in everyone's life whenever they say they see a baby and they have to fight with their that urge, that that instinctual urge to 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 crush its face, that of cuteness. And it's normal. Yeah. People get this. It's it's a thing that happens. Um, I'm sorry that it channels into a place of of um uh, of aggressive, upset sadness, but you know. Mm, um, but I have. That's what you're looking for. This is the show for you. This is the show for you. Fucking cry about these children. Come on down. Absolutely. Can we do a mashup now where we put these children on the Tetris wall? Um, I'm gonna say that's not safe for a variety of reasons. But hey, them fuckers ain't fast enough. That's their own faults, huh? I suppose. Fight me, children. I suppose. Do you, do you know what? Fucking also, f- dude. 
fight me fight me congress fight me fight me the fucking government right now dude i'm gonna oh, be yeah. real with you right now i'm i'm a little bit too pissed about this to not say something uh fucking these people on this roe v wade bullshit are about to get a fucking whooping i just oh absolutely uh, oh i uh i think there's a great uh take on it via this past weekend's SNL with Benedict Cumberbatch. The opening sketch, which is typically political in variety, yeah. was about Roe v. Wade. And um in the like document that was leaked, the guy had quoted like literally a thirteenth century piece of literature oh written my in England. God. So they go back to thirteenth century England and boy, oh boy, is it a good, good, funny time. Fucking um, A, dude. I just... That also proves a point because, God, I mean, what can we do at this point other than just laugh? Ugh. It's fucking laughable the way that we spend, like, years upon years upon decades fucking climbing up this mountain and these these every single tiny step is, is this is this national victory and everyone is happier about it just about <laughs> but then i just i just feel like out of nowhere we are we we're all like hey every living breathing person should have rights because they're all people and that's how it works and now we're we we actually we we coughed and went. Oh wait, actually, ne- wait. Uh, no, some people aren't humans and don't deserve rights. Never mind. And and this is the problem too. Is that this isn't just an issue of abortion. Roe v. Wade set precedents for laws regarding our privacy. And so if this is up for debate and this right is up for being taken away, there are a lot of other rights that could be taken away. And it's just it's heartbreaking to see couples have to have discussions of what if our marriage is no longer legal because they decide to overturn that, too. Because this Um, is yeah, this is not a bill or 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 a fucking law about about fucking unborn babies unborn pack mules apparently it's about adult women and adult it's about having control over your fucking body it's about yeah yeah it's about like being able to tell someone what you want to do with yourself because it's you i i don't we here at Wattapod would like to tell you that um if you want to have an abortion just because you don't want to have a baby, that is a hundred percent okay. That is valid and absolutely allowed. I'll do a little sparkle wave right there because I'm pissed. God. If you're I pissed, just... I would highly recommend donating to Planned Parenthood and organizations of the like that support um, advocating for women having access to safe abortion. Don't worry, I'm going to link it in in the episode. I'll be sure to. Um, Yeah. I just... I was really trying to set up a life here in this this Missouri place. But for to see them just literally finger on the trigger being like, hey, 
if this thing that leaked did happen, we we are also going to like double down on that and illegalize a bunch of progressive shit too. Like I just, it's becoming very obvious that the place that I live is not the kind of accepting place that I was expecting it to be, which well, really sucks because fucking a dude, it's hard. I to mean, it absolutely people. does. But, Ugh. I mean, to be fair, the state we lived in before isn't doing any better. Oh, no, it's um, about on the same level, yeah. Yeah, I'd say they may have made some even worse decisions in recent times. I've heard. Uh, Yeah. But, um, yeah, we just want to wish you all mental peace and well-being in this time because this is stressful and it takes a mental toll on all of us when we have to wonder what will happen if we don't have access to the same kinds of care and just in the midst of literally everything in the world right now this is this cool i'm just also gonna spit spit in in everyone's eye but it's 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 fine i'll keep making my podcast i'm just probably gonna fucking relocate it's whatever oh yeah absolutely we'll live um, so, it's pretty cute to see children do things alone, but man, does it suck to see them do things alone. <laughs> yeah. On that note, on not audience, I suppose, I suppose we'll get, get trucking, get moving, working on a full-length episode for y'all. Yeah. Oh, I'm ready to get back to it. School, school, school's about to come take me, but... Yeah. I'm going down fighting, okay? Expect another episode soon. Got some good shit coming up. I miss you guys. That was for you. You know who you are. I'm going to tell Fern that you're sending kiss sounds to the listener in France. Fern is the, the listener in France. Okay, I'll go.